Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student-athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. From Monmouth, Oregon to Bellingham, Washington, and from Portland, Oregon to wherever it is you may be joining us across the Great Northwest Athletic Conference footprint, welcome to GNAC Insider. It is your weekly look at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. On tonight's episode, we're going to have the opportunity a little bit later this evening to speak with Arne Ferguson, head football coach at Western Oregon University. He has led the Wolves to a great, great season And we'll talk to him about the Wolves' play this year and a big game they have this coming weekend. Speaking of playing well, Cammie Decker playing well for the Concordia women's golf team. We're going to talk women's golf with Cammie in just a few minutes here on GNAC Insider. But joining us at the top of tonight's program, a man who is having a whale of a fall campaign across a variety of sports, Steve Card, the Western Washington University Director of Athletics, is joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Steve, as always, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be on. Thanks, Rob. As I said, TG up there, you're having a great year across the board. Volleyball, number two. Women's soccer, number 12. Cross country, women's cross country, number 18. Men's golf, number 23. All nationally ranked this fall. Now, I'm sure if we would have talked before the seasons began, you would have said, yes, I think we're going to be strong across our variety of fall athletics. But did you expect to show uh, this show by the Vikings of, of such uh, such enormous strength all across the board? Well, I, I, you know, I, I knew that we were going to be competitive in the fall. We, we've got very strong programs in the fall. It's, you know, historically, we've done very well, obviously, in women's soccer winning a national championship a few years back and women's volleyball making it to the national championship game. And, you know, the golf programs have had a long success, a uh, long history of success and, and uh, you know, the cross country programs. So I, I anticipated that we would probably be strong, but you never know, you know, you just never know what the competition is going to look like. And you never know one year in and out as to whether or not that team is going to be um, the same as what's been the case in previous years. And, uh, you know, it's been a it's been a really uh, a great thing this this fall to see all the teams. You know, I mean, uh, our men's soccer team is playing really well. They're right there at the top of the GNAC or contending to be at the top of the GNAC. And uh, but uh, yeah, all the programs are doing great, um, and and we're we're just really thrilled with the successes that we've had so far this fall. 
Well, you're a guy who has a day job, and then you have an, another day job as well. Of course, you're the Western Washington University Director of Athletics, but you also work for the NCAA Division II Championships Committee. You've been on that committee now for several years. And one of the mm-hmm. reasons we wanted to bring you on, GNAC Insider, tonight to talk a little bit about something that the, the Championship Committee is recommending, a loosening of this so-called neutrality policy during championship preliminary rounds. Now, for, for the sports fan, can we just go into saying what this neutrality policy is and, and how it's currently being implemented up through now? Sure, yeah. It's, uh, so in any uh, preliminary round, hosts uh, typically are on the campuses of the member institutions of the NCAA. And the, the intent around having neutrality is that you didn't have any sort of um, – home court advantage, essentially, even though you were the host institution, you earned the right to host as the number one seed in your region. Um, what we have, the, the feedback that's been coming to the championships committee from the membership is that it's pretty sterile. It's a pretty sterile environment. And, you know, you spend all season long and you have certain things that you do to promote the games and for your home team. And, um, and it, that all that goes away when the, when the uh, postseason starts and you're hosting. And, and so, it sort of, you know, we wanted to have a great experience for our student athletes and, and it almost went too far the other direction where all of a sudden it became a very sterile environment. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of hype around the events, um, you know, the other than just the competitions themselves. And it really was taking away from not only the student athlete experience, but also away from the fan experience. You know, at the end of the day, Rob, we are, you know, it's, it's about the student athletes in this competition, but it's also entertainment. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of people are coming out to follow the, uh, the tournaments and, and participate, both uh, host institution fans, but also visiting institution fans coming into town. And it's just, um, you know, there's not much to it. And so we heard that feedback. Uh, we started looking at it as a championships committee and started tossing around ideas of what, would my, what we might be able to do to try and increase uh, the, the environment around a championship and make it very much a championship type feel. Uh, so we took a couple of measures. Um, there's three of them that, uh, that were proposed. And, and uh, the, the first one that we, we decided to adopt was um, the, has actually gone into a place immediately. And that is the, uh, in all of our championship sports is to allow the host institution to provide a first right of refusal to tickets for their season ticket holders and their, their boosters. Um, that was one that I personally um, got involved in just from a standpoint that uh, from an athletic director's position, you, you spend all year long cultivating your, your fan base, cultivating your donors. You have your season ticket holders that are used to sitting in the same seat for every game. And you get to the postseason and you have the, you've earned the right to host a regional championship, for example, and that seat could go to somebody else. And, and that, that individual that may be a longstanding booster and supporter of your program and has sat in that same seat all season long, all of a sudden it's, you have to tell them as an athletic director, I'm sorry, but that seat was sold to another fan from another institution. Um, that's damaging. You know, that's, that's uh, damaging a relationship. And so, uh, so the athletic directors in particular on the committee really um, – spoke up about what that meant in terms of having that availability and making sure that the season ticket holders and your fans had the first right to 
to purchase those seats and then after they you know after a certain period of time the rest of the this if they don't purchase them those seats would go on sale to the general public including the visiting teams so that was a really i think a good move um and then the second piece i think is with regards to the game environment that it's being implemented this year in the sports of football men's and women's basketball and softball is to allow um pre-game hype to to happen around the home team and and quite frankly even the visiting team if they if the visiting team wanted to have if they have a hype video or something like that but um to allow you know videos to be shown so uh, intro videos we do those for our teams um those would typically not be allowed um but now we're allowing those things and in the sport of football you know it's uh you know, a team comes running out of the locker room and through their tunnel and there's smoke going off and, and you know, those types of things and cannons being shot. Those were in the, historically not been allowed to have occurred. Um, now those are going to be allowed at least on a temporary basis for this year to see what the feedback is only in those four sports that I mentioned. Um, the third was to have in-game promotions and the, the decision was to uh, not allow that. So, for example... Um, your public address announcer uh, could not start a chant of defense, defense, you know, or something along those lines in the middle of the game. So the, the, there really has to be, once the ball is tipped or the kickoff or whatever the case may be, depending on the sport, it goes back to a neutral uh, situation. So that we haven't gotten to that point yet where we want to create um, a, a significant disadvantage, but uh but as far as the pregame stuff, up until the tip-off or, or the kickoff or whatever the case is, uh, we're going to allow, um, at least in those four sports this year, uh, to allow some you know, pregame hype and, and uh, some of the usual typical things that you would do before hosting a, a home game. Okay. So that's, you know, I think it's a good move. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll see what the feedback is when we, at, uh, when we get the next summer. Well, and that's what I wanted to follow up with you on. What is going to be the determining criteria as to whether this is continued, potentially expanded to other sports, any kind of maybe refinements of this policy? How will that take place? Well, we'll get we'll uh, we'll request feedback from our um, from all the participants in all of our championships, just like we typically do. That would run through the different sport committees. Um, so rather in, in terms of surveying the participants, the coaches and those types of things, uh, we'll add to that with regards to the, the, the game environment and the neutrality, uh, policy and see how it works. And, um, my guess is that it's probably not going to be too controversial. I think that it's going to be something that's going to be, uh, um, widely accepted for the most part. I mean, it's, it, it's not going to be anything that's going to be so egregious that somebody feels like they were disadvantaged at the championship. It's just going to be something that they've really, if you're a visiting institution, you've kind of dealt with it the entire year. So it's not going to be anything different. Um, I think the, uh, the season ticket, the tickets, uh, I, I think that's a non-issue. I, I really don't see that as being something that's going to be too controversial. I think the the pregame, uh, stuff I don't anticipate that to be controversial, and that's why we kind of stayed away from the in-game because I think that could become uh, a, a controversial issue. So we'll we'll just kind of uh, I don't know that there's they put together any sort of uh, rubric for the people to to complete and and getting some sort of formal data, um, 
but other than just comments um, and whether or not it's been uh, widely accepted or, or not. And, what, and we'll address that. We'll, we'll sift through those, those comments. We'll look for our sport committees to uh, provide us with their feedback on it and, uh, and then make a decision if we want to continue to move forward in, in that direction for all sports. Well, Steve, I, I, I'll be honest with you. From, from a fan's perspective, I, I think people are going to really enjoy the change. Matter of fact, and I think you brought it up, they may think they may see less of a change because these are back in after they've seen these type of activities throughout the course of the uh, of the regular season. But again, I think mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do. I, I applaud you for for taking this on you and the uh, the committee there. And uh, well, good luck in your evaluation process. And uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing this actually take place this year. So so thanks for doing that. And of course, as always, thanks for joining us and. Look forward to our next opportunity to chat with you on GNAC Insider. Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate being on. Steve Carr joining us from Bellingham tonight, the fine athletic director up there at Western Washington University. This is GNAC Insider. We're going to turn our attention to women's golf and a great women's golfer. Cammie Decker from Concordia will join us when GNAC Insider comes back your way right after this brief timeout. Why choose Western Washington University? Go to school in one of Outside Magazine's dream towns, minutes from both the mountains and the sea. Ranked by U.S. News and World Report as the number one public master's granting university in the Pacific Northwest. The number one producer of prestigious Fulbright scholarships in the nation among public master's granting institutions. The number one medium-sized school in the nation for graduates who join the Peace Corps. Western Washington University. Active minds, changing lives. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. As we say good evening to Cammie Decker, Concordia women's golf star, the senior out of Kaiser, Oregon, joining us tonight. And Cammie, thanks for making time to speak with us here this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. You are heavy with awards. You're the two-time GNAC Golfer of the Year. Okay, for full disclosure, you were the co-golfer of the year last year, but you've been on that podium the last couple of years. You're a three-time first-team all-GNAC performer. You were the GNAC co-freshman of the year back your freshman year, and now you are playing, it looks to me, maybe your best golf ever second place at the True North Classic, tied for 11th at the Dixie State Fall Invitational, and you won last week's Concordia Invitational with a score of 5 over 149. Am I looking at this correctly, and maybe are you playing your best golf in your Concordia career right now? Yeah, I would totally agree with you. I'm just having a really good season right now. I'm trying my hardest to go out there every day, practice hard, and it's definitely showing. Well, no question about it. And, and you say you practice every day. Is there a portion of your game? Is it, is it off the tee? Is it the irons? Is it around the greens? Is it putting? Is there any particular phase of your game that you have looked to improve this year and you've seen that improvement this season? Um, with my putting, for sure. I think for a lot of golfers, we always focus on – our swing, try and get out on the range as much as possible, um, try our best to 
hit the ball straight. And I think sometimes we forget about our short game and um, that definitely can be the problem for me. Um, If I am having a problem out on the course, it will be my putting or my chipping. So this year I've tried really hard to focus on my putting specifically um, 10 to 15 footers because that's where you have a birdie opportunity, but um, I wouldn't always take advantage of those. And since working on my putting, I have been able to take advantage of those, and it's showing in my score. You were named the GNAC Women's Golf Player of the Week after we mentioned winning the Concordia Invitational, so your own home tournament. Now, you were actually tied with uh, Dominican's Claire Schubin, but you won the tournament on a two-hole playoff. Talk about the playoff, and did the putting that you just talked about did that come into play to allow you to win? Oh, it definitely did. I'm very happy that I've recently been working on my putting. Um, on the first playoff hole, uh, I was at the front of the green. The pin was in the back. Um, I unfortunately um, only got it halfway there, so I still had a 10-footer to save par. And standing over that putt, I knew that I did not, want to let her win because I three putted so as I was standing over that putt I was just saying you gotta make it and thankfully I did and then we got to the second hole where um, I unfortunately came up short of the green had to chip it didn't have my best chip um, still had an eight footer to um, save par and once again just stood over that and wanted to put the pressure on her for her to make her par putt. Um, And so thankfully I did make that eight footer and she had a six footer that was a left to right slider, which is pretty hard for right-handed golfers. And um, unfortunately she missed it, which gave me the win. Did you feel that there was any additional pressure on you playing for your own home tournament victory? Um, yeah, I didn't want to let anyone take that from me. I, um, when we have a home tournament, it is an advantage for the team, and I wanted um, to take that advantage. I know the course. I've had time out there more than other teams, and so I knew I had to use those benefits um, in order to win. And you did come up with the victory, and you led Concordia to a third-place team finish as well. So you, you did uh, you did well in both those fronts. Uh, talking about you in school for just a moment, and we were talking with Cammie Decker from the Concordia women's golf team. You are an interdisciplinary studies major, but I understand that you want to go into real estate after you graduate from Concordia. What, uh, what lures you into the, the real estate area? Um, coming into school, I never, um, had a major that really stuck out to me. I did, um, I'm taking a lot of psychology classes because that is my focus in my major. Um, I thought I wanted to be a school counselor, but after taking a few classes, I was like, uh, this isn't really, really isn't for me. And, um, I actually started becoming interested in real estate because, Um, My parents were 
wanting to move. And so that process of looking for houses, I was really, um, I was kind of doing that with them because I really had an interest in looking at houses and stuff. And we also have a lot of family friends who are in um, that occupation. So it's just something that I have a liking for and would like to try to pursue that. Well, you're going to have an opportunity to look at some of the uh, the most pretty real estate that I've ever had the chance to see. You're going to Waikoloa, Hawaii, to compete in the oh, Dennis yeah. Rose Invitational from uh, October 29th and 30th. Have you played that tournament before? Um, I haven't. I have visited Hawaii multiple times. I've actually been over by that course, but I've never had um, the opportunity to even play in Hawaii. So this will be something new for me, but I'm very excited about it. What is different for courses there than courses here than courses elsewhere? Do states have different kinds of courses based on their geography and, and maybe the, uh, the type of grass or, or the type of uh, playing conditions they have? Yeah, so what I see the most is um, in different regions – is the grain of the green. And um, in here, like in Oregon, you can't really see a lot of the grain. When we were recently in Utah, um, we were able to see it, which helps you um, read your putts. And I have heard from my coaches and teammates who are from Hawaii that um, there's a lot of grain on those greens. So I'm hoping that can benefit me to help me read the greens better. Well, Cammie, it's been a delight to talk with you. Congratulations on an unbelievable career. Congratulations on what is becoming an unbelievable season. Have a lot of fun down there in Hawaii. Play well at the Dennis Rose Invitational a little bit later this month, and, and we'll, uh, we'll continue to, uh, to wish you a lot of success and watch the rest of, uh, of your golf career at Concordia in this year's senior season. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Cammie Decker joining us tonight from Portland here on GNAC Insiders. We now go around the GNAC. In Portland, Oregon, as we mentioned, Cammie Decker won last week's Concordia Invitational, shooting five over par. She was tied for first with Dominican's Claire Schubin, but won the tournament on the second hole of a playoff. Upset in Burnaby, the Concordia men's soccer team took down number 23 Simon Fraser in overtime on the Clans home field this past Thursday. Nicholas Denley scored the golden goal for the Cavaliers. In Billings, Montana, the Yellow Jackets men's soccer team finds itself in first place in the GNAC standings after two big road conference wins at St. Martin's and Seattle Pacific. Andres Perez earned Offensive Player of the Week honors for the second time this season. In Bellingham, Washington, the Western Washington women's soccer team jumped up to number 12 in the latest United Soccer Coaches poll. The Vikings are 5-0 and in conference play. And listen to this. They've outscored their GNAC opponents 24 to nothing. The Vikings' defense has only allowed seven shots on goal in five conference matches. The GNAC saw three volleyball matches go the distance on Saturday as Montana State Billings, Concordia, and Alaska Anchorage all won their matches in five set thrillers. The Western Oregon football team extended its winning streak to four games on Saturday with a 26-14 road win at Texas A&M Kingsville. The Wolves are now 4-2 on the season. And coming up next on GNAC Insider, 
our opportunity to talk with Arne Ferguson, the head coach there at Western Oregon. And in Anchorage, Alaska, Felix Kemboy and Nancy Jeptu earned a cross-country athlete of the week honors after the two Seawolves won the men's and women's races at the Western Washington Classic. It was the last big regular season meet before the GNAC cross-country championships. That's what happened around the GNAC. We are going to, as we mentioned, talk with Arne Ferguson about a bumper year for football at Western Oregon University. We'll do that when GNAC Insider comes back your way right after this. The Wright brothers had a vision to do the impossible. Through perseverance, courage, and drive, their passion took flight. At Concordia University, this kind of revolutionary thinking is part of our DNA. Our MBA students don't learn in a lecture hall. They work as a team on actual case studies, and they appreciate how the evening, weekend, and online options make it easy to fit school into their busy lives. Free textbooks, iPads, and generous scholarships are available, too. Concordia MBA grad Dan Reese sums it up like this. The connections you make in a cohort program are really powerful. You build relationships, you're solving problems together. Everyone makes a commitment to be part of this process. I've built relationships that I know I'll use through the rest of my career. With a Concordia MBA, students learn to question, challenge, problem solve, and collaborate, thinking in new ways to make a positive impact in the workplace. Let your thought revolution begin at ConcordiaMBA.com. That's ConcordiaMBA.com. Welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowry, and welcome to the program to Arn Ferguson, Western Oregon head football coach. Arn, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, Rob, thanks for having me on. You are now in, and I, I when I saw this, I thought, oh my, how time flies. But you're in your 15th season as head coach there at Western Oregon University, but you've been part of that program a lot longer. You played there. You were an assistant coach there as well. When was your freshman year at Western Oregon? Um, 85. So you've been around the program now for, for three decades. This year you have the Wolves off to a 3-0 and start in GNAC play, and you're 4-2 and on the season. You've had good teams. You've had great teams at Western Oregon over the years. Where does this 2019 version of the Western Oregon team that you're leading, where does it, where does it rank on that, that scale? Um, that's a tough question right now. Um, obviously, we've had some close games and we've won some close games, but the second half of the season is so competitive, um, that remains to be seen. But I really like the camaraderie of this team and the work ethic of this team. Now, you've won four straight. You had a couple of tough losses as you came out of the gate. How were you able to turn it around, A, so quickly, and B, so effectively that you've now are on that four-game win streak? Well, Angela's a ranked team, um, so is Commerce. So those are two really tough teams right off the bat. Um, and so um, we definitely had our chances against Commerce here. But Angela's a tough game right off the bat with 100-degree heat and 100-degree humidity, it seemed like. Um, but those are two extremely good teams. Um, and we're fortunate for our players to keep working and taking one game at a time. And that's where we're at right now. Well, you talk about the the strength of the preseason schedule. Has that paid dividends down the line? Yeah, I mean, anytime you can play teams that are nationally ranked and up there, um, it really tests you preparation-wise, but also physically, your players. 
Um, we're fortunate to stay fairly healthy so far. That's also helped. And then um, obviously Azusa and Central and Simon Fraser are, are really good teams too. And uh, especially with Central, the amount of points they're scoring lately, it's, it's a concerning game for us. We definitely have our hands full. Yeah, that's Central at home in Monmouth this Saturday for your homecoming game. I know homecoming is always special. Is it even more special when you know you're going up against a top-quality opponent like this? Well, you're more concerned, put it that way. Um, We definitely have a lot of respect for Central, what they've been able to do. I mean, they're averaging over 500 yards of offense, and their defense is really doing a much better job and much more physical. So we know that, you know, our hands are full. Um, It's nice that it's homecoming, a lot of alumni come back. But it's also, we know we have a very tough game and don't want any distractions. You you got the victory in Ellensburg back on September the 28th. How is this Wildcat team different than the one you saw in Ellensburg? Well, first of all, in Ellensburg, um, we haven't won there in a long time. Um, It's a very tough place to play. Um, That game could have gone down. Either way, we felt um, we're really excited about our offensive line, being able to run the ball late, and our running backs um, doing an extremely good job. But uh, their offense with their running backs and their O-line and their quarterback, um, they have two of them that can really play. So we feel that that game went down a couple of plays and we expect this one to do the same. Yeah. Arn Ferguson, Western Oregon University football head coach, is joining us. Uh, Western Oregon right now. And again, I don't want to put uh, the jinx on you, but a, a win against Central Washington certainly would put the Wolves in the driver's seat for a GNAC conference title. Arn, as we mentioned, you've been the head coach here at Western Oregon for 15 years. Is it even any more rewarding for you to coach and to coach so well and to build a program that you played for and were an assistant coach for? Um, well, Western Oregon is a, a very unique place. It's essentially located. Um, the kids come here and visit, and they love the place. Um, obviously, um decided to, to stay here and raise my family here. Um, so Western Oregon has a special place. I think people that come and visit really enjoy the, the, the friendly atmosphere and the small classes, but also the location and the size of our school. And for you as coach, you went to school there, you've stayed there. Obviously, there is a draw for you as well. Do you feel that special connection to Western Oregon as an alumnus and as the coach? Yeah, this game, being a homecoming, to have three, four generations that come back that, that I know is really exciting to get to know them and their families and and how well they, they enjoy also have a fond memory of this place and they come back and support it and uh it's really a special time yeah well arn listen congratulations i want to wish wish you the best throughout the rest of this this season uh continued success at western oregon and uh anytime you'd like to come back and join us on gnac insider you're uh, you have an open door with me here so thanks for joining us tonight and i do hope we can talk again soon well i really appreciate you having me Rob. thank you all right Arn Ferguson joining us from Monmouth, Oregon tonight here on GNAC Insider. Let's take a look now this week in the GNAC. Another episode of GNAC Insider tonight means that we can count on another Tuesday night of GNAC Volleyball after the show. 
as St. Martin's hosts Seattle Pacific in Lacey, Washington. Also following tonight's show in Bellingham, the Western Washington women's soccer team is hosting St. Martin's at Harrington Field. You can tune in at GNACsports.com to see the action. In Billings, Montana, the Yellow Jacket men's soccer team will host Simon Fraser on Saturday in a battle of two of the GNAC's top teams. Simon Fraser will look to ta- take back the conference after a double overtime loss to Concordia on Thursday, while Montana State Billings will try to improve to 4-1 and one in conference play. In Monmouth, Oregon, the Western Oregon football team will host a revived Central Washington team on Saturday in a game that has certainly conference title implications. It's also homecoming weekend for the Wolves. Staying on the gridiron down in Glendora, California, Azusa Pacific and Simon Fraser will also face off to continue their GNAC schedules. Azusa Pacific looking to bounce back from a 44-6 loss to Central Washington this past Saturday in Ellensburg. Remember that for the latest in the GNAC, you can always go to GNACsports.com to find news, stats, standings, and, and so much more. Also, you can connect with the GNAC through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GNAC Sports. We're going to wrap up tonight's GNAC Insider. It's been another great show. We'll do that after we pause for this timeout. Western Oregon University. Small classes research opportunities, and new state-of-the-art science facilities. Everything from biology and chemistry to earth sciences and criminal justice. Students have easy access to faculty who are invested in your learning. All the campus services practically guarantee your success. Start your science career now at Western. Learn more about the university where every student matters at wou.edu. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of GNAC Insider. Boy, this half hour has gone much too fast, but I do want to take time to thank all of our guests tonight. Arne Ferguson, Western Oregon head football coach, Cami Decker, Concordia women's golf star, and Steve Card, Western Washington University's director of athletics. Thanks to each and every one of them for joining us. Also, thanks to you for joining us tonight. Of course, we will come back your way one week from now, 7 p.m. next Tuesday for our live edition of GNAC Insider. With a tip of the fedora and a flash of the felt, Takaho Akau, our producer, and to Dave Haglin, the GNAC commissioner, I'm Robert Lowry. Looking forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, consider yourself for now an insider. So long for now. to GNAC Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.